What is up, everybody? Uh, long time since been on uh, another edition of the Mental Dimes podcast, a special edition. Uh, very excited of what we got planned for you tonight. Uh, where this is a live stream, nothing's made up, nothing's pre recorded. Uh, this is not the Shea Irish pre recorded uh, interviews going out live. Uh, four days later, this is straight raw material. Uh, I'm excited to be back. I have a great group of guys here. Uh, I'm going to do a little roundtable discussion. Uh, looking forward to the show, so stick around. Let the drama kick, the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Whatever you do, let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. And we are back here. We have a special edition today. Uh, for those of you that only listen when I'm on here, uh, the Mental Dimes podcast room has spread out to give you the best coverage on as many different sports levels as we can. Uh, we have an amazing college basketball, an amazing college football, and our NFL podcast are about to get kicked off. So today with us, uh, leading our college basketball podcast, we're missing one of the one of the du- dynamic duos, but Trevor Howman from Washington is in the house. From the college football world, half of the duo, Trip from Texas is in the house. What's up? There we go. And then getting ready to kick off the NFL podcast, uh, hopefully in the coming day, uh, weeks, is Mr. Aaron Current from Kentucky. Even though he is a Chicago fan, he is in the <laughs> Kentucky Blue area. How hey, are you guys doing? Good. What's going on? No good. Good. Hey, I do want to make one point real quick for Aaron. I don't know if he probably didn't watch it, but when we did our uh, breakdown, I did pick Kentucky to win, uh, well, their division in the SEC. So I saw the yeah, article yeah. about can they win it all. I don't think win win the whole thing, but they can definitely win their division. Yeah. Um, I mean, I put that out because they were uh, second in the media poll. So I was like, wow, even there, because usually they're like fourth or fifth, and then we surprise some people. Uh, We got Georgia at home, so I was like, I mean, if there's a year to do it, it's probably this one. (laughs) Do do you have season tickets for that right now? I do. I am a season ticket holder. Yeah. All right. I'm assuming you're going to sell those Georgia tickets to make up for the rest of your your season tickets. Oh, I can't not go see them (laughs) against Georgia. I I rushed the field against Florida last year, so why not? Let's make it two years in a row. Do we do we have by any chance do we have any footage of that? Uh it's on my TikTok actually. Uh, ooh. <laughs> we will make sure somebody trip or Trevor One will make sure and get that uh rolling for the next podcast. <laughs> um but yeah, let's let's get this kicked off. Speaking of college football, um one big thing that's going around is this whole conference realignment and and I know nobody really knows what's going to happen. Even the coaches don't know. But um, I want to kind of go around around the room here, around the table. In the next three to five years, what do each of you expect um, college football layout to look like? Trip, I'm going to throw it to you as a our college football guy. All right. Uh, two super conferences set up similar to what we get in baseball, NFL, with separate divisions. And you can call it pods, whatever they want. Uh, but if you're not in one of those two divisions, except for maybe Notre Dame, you're out of the picture. How many, how many teams are you thinking in each super conference? You thinking 16, kind of like the NFL? I think it's closer to 20 each. Okay. 
And we're gonna we're gonna stick with SEC versus Big Ten. Yes, and okay. and that they may they may change the names. Uh, I doubt it because uh, those are so iconic. But it'll be definitely those two, the two that we have now. Gotcha. What do you think, Aaron? I agree with him. Uh, I think even Notre Dame will end up jumping into one of those two conferences. Um, I mean, the SEC's always been dominant. The Big Ten is grabbing people from out west now. So it's, I mean, it seems like it's heading that way. I would love for it to be like, I think there's soccer leagues where the lowest team gets uh, dropped out of the league and the highest team from like the lower division, I guess you would say, gets bumped into that spot. I would love for them to do something like that. But I don't know with NIL money and media money, these days, I I don't know if they'd be able to pull that off over here. I agree. That I would be one hundred percent for the relegation process, kind of like they do in soccer. I, to me, that just that makes sense. I you know I, I live here in Alabama, and I'm obviously a Syracuse fan, but I mean you have to watch Alabama football on Saturdays, otherwise they they kick you out of the state. Um, <laughs> but it it just absolutely sucks seeing Bama play Mercer and uh, Bama play New Mexico State. All these just. I hate seeing it. So I, I'm, I think, you know, I would love to see it set up like the NFL or uh, even the soccer where they get relegated like that. Um, but Trevor, I got one for you. The conference realignment, obviously college football is different from college basketball, but well, how does the realignment do you think affect the college basketball world? I think you're probably in the next couple of years, not going to see a ton. Like you obviously have like UCLA and USC are moving to the big 10 and that's a big, that's a big thing. But as far as like how many teams get into the tournament, it's probably going to be relatively the same teams that are getting in regardless. The selection committee's pretty good about saying, you know, you may have lost to, you know, Indiana. Indiana's great this year, so it's not that big a deal for UCLA, who might lose only two games in the back Pac-12, but may lose five in the Big Ten because competition's a little better. UCLA's still going to get into the dance. So it's a little different for college basketball because we have so many games um, to kind of make up for, whereas college football has got such a critical – you can't lose or else you're out of the playoffs. Um, but the one thing that I think it is going to really mess with, um, I think rivalries are going to get shifted a little bit um, because I think you're going to get someone like Houston coming to the big 12, maybe building a rivalry with someone like Arizona, but then you're going to get like North Carolina. A lot of people are saying might jump into the big 10 and they're going to, I mean, that separates them from Duke. And that's a, I mean, that's the biggest rivalry in college basketball. So obviously they'll have a chance to do, non-conference games together and that's great and they'll always probably have that but when it's a team that you're used to seeing in conference play every single year year in year out and they're like down the road from you and it's a big deal at your school I think you're going to probably start to see those dwindle maybe just a little bit maybe not so much Duke North Carolina because that's so historic but you'll see other you know rivalries like that that are starting to kind of fade away which really sucks for college basketball but then new rivalries will build so basketball right. yeah I was I feel like it ain't gonna have much effect on the college basketball world just because you're always gonna have your lower, your you know your mid mid ugh, your mid level teams and um, all that stuff popping up. But yeah, I feel like college football it it completely changes the game. College basketball will probably stay pretty close. Um, I think we're right around. F- f- Aaron, you and uh, Trip helped me out, but I think college football and NFL right around fifty day mark till kickoff. Yeah, just right, right about forty, just under forty for for a majority of the college teams. Most of them okay. start September third. A few of them start earlier. Gotcha. A little bit longer for the NFL. That's right. That's right. So, um, going to kick it over to you, Trip. I want to know what is the most exciting thing you're looking forward to for college football season. 
any storyline you want, whether it's Jimbo versus Saban, UTSA making the playoffs, what what you got for me? All right. Well, uh, definitely, I was uh, the Jimbo versus Saban thing is is going to be huge. You know, not just because of the the NIL uh, allegations, but uh, we already know Saban does not like to lose, and he you know lost to one of his former assistants for the first time last year in Jimbo. And so he was already looking for uh, a reason, revenge, some motivation. He's got that. So um, that is what I'm looking for. Uh, and then one other thing, kind of, I think, uh, a, a sneaky thing to look for, um, who's been uh, somewhat subdued based on his personality, but is what Ole Miss is going to do. Because, you know, he's uh, with Lane Kiffin. He's just there uh, kind of uh, rubbing his hands together, waiting to see how he can sneak in and, and uh, disrupt the whole program. So, uh, those are the two things I'm really looking for. Well, you, well talk, talk to me. You mentioned Ole Miss. What about what about Jackson Dart? How you feel compared to Matt Corral? Is he going to be able to step in and just keep the system going, or do you see Ole Miss taking a little step back? Uh-oh, hang on. Sorry, you broke up. Uh, Jackson, you mentioned Jackson Dart. Yeah, you think he's going to slide right in and, and take over where Corral left off, or do you see, you see him kind of taking a little dip and Ole Miss kind of – not having well, as much I think, success as they had. Uh, I think a little bit of a dip uh, from Corral, but I think the um, the schemes that, that Lane Kiffin will have will certainly uh, play to his strengths, and so I don't think you'll see much of it. I think it'll just be a little bit of a uh, maybe an acclimation period, just uh, them getting used to him, him him getting used to being the guy, but but I don't think it's going to make them take a major step backward. I got gotcha. you. I can agree with that. What about you, Aaron? I'm assuming I, I want a good NFL storyline. You can throw in a college football. I know you're a big Kentucky fan, and you, you're you're ready to brag on your blue squad, which right you have every right to do so. But give me give me an NFL storyline you're excited for. I mean the the story that everyone wants to know is is Deshaun Watson going to play or not? And I mean we're it's 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 a difficult time to start an NFL podcast, honestly, because of. <laughs> Because that's the main storyline, you know. This off season, I, I have no idea. I feel, I mean, I feel like he shouldn't play, but they've already talked about suing the NFL if he doesn't get to play this year. Or so that'll be the major NFL storyline heading in. And then for me, as a as a Bears fan, um, I, I'm looking to see how Aaron Rodgers does without. Devontae Adams there out there anymore. He's got a whole new group of receivers, and everybody just thinks, you know, the Packers are just going to show up and take the division, and I don't think it's as close. as I don't know if my Bears are right there for the taking, but the Vikings are a really good team in that division. Uh, and I'll be looking forward to see how Aaron Rodgers continues, you know, if he's, if he's going to continue being – the uh, regular season champ, or if he's going to um, fall off a little bit. You know, Father Time's undefeated other than Tom Brady, I guess. <laughs> I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I I have it. My wife told me to never mention this on a recorded show talking about Deshaun Watson because I'm not sure where I'm going to be in 10 years from now, and I don't want this resurfacing. But I, I have – and I, I don't know if you guys are comfortable with talking about your opinion on Deshaun Watson. Um but I was definitely – I definitely feel like the Texans did him wrong by not playing him just on the fact that I'm – just because, I mean, obviously there's speculation, and I'm not saying what he has allegedly done is right, 
But until it was proven that he did it, I just I had a hard time with the Texans keeping his large salary on there and not playing him. Just um, I might be the only person in America that has that mindset. But like I said I don't know if any of y'all any of y'all got any thoughts opinions on that in specifically. I'll buy that. I just think that it's one of those things where it's like, I think the press and the media can blow a lot of things out of proportion. This is a really touchy subject, obviously. And, and if it were to come out that he legitimately did these things and we, we can prove that, then it's like, yeah, man, you didn't deserve to play at all. But up until then, it's kind of, well, I think, I think, you know, you have scandals like this. You're looking at like Kobe Bryant, you're looking at, you know, a couple of different, you know, high profile players who catch this, you know, scandalous kind of media attention I, and it, again, if any of this were to come out that it actually happened and it's legitimate, then of course they shouldn't be allowed on a court, on a field, or anything like that. No one would, wants to condone that. But until then, it's like he—he's not proven guilty. Like he's not right. guilty until it's legit, and so let him play. And that's sad, but I, yeah, that's my—I'm with you there on that one. Well, yeah. I kind of feel like um, you know the the Texans are a, a brand, and they have the right to kind of protect that brand. And we don't know, there may be evidence that they've seen that we haven't, but if they feel strongly that that his actions most likely occurred or some of these actions most likely occurred and it would be damaging to their brand, uh, mm-hmm. I think they have every right to protect that. Now, if it comes out uh, that, that this, none of this happened, then I think he has um, some recourse to, to maybe recoup financially for, for the uh, – damage to his reputation. But I absolutely think uh, as the owner of that NFL team, you have to protect your brand, particularly if you have, uh, if you believe or have reason to believe that these events uh, occurred or were likely to have occurred. That is, that is a very good point. That is a very good point to the other side. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, a trip on that one. I, I feel like they um, protecting their brand. It almost reminded me of, uh, you know, Louisville's always got scandals over there and they, had a self-imposed ban on themselves. I mean, they still got hit afterwards, but they almost tried to they tried to take the hit on themselves to lower the chances of a bigger hit. I don't know what their plan was, but it did. they still got hit. But I feel like that's kind of what Houston was doing was like, we'll go ahead and take this hit, and then if you guys hit us with something later, we can at least say to our maybe save face for our fans and say, look, we tried to – do the right thing and it came out you know we still got hit nice uh nice quick shade there towards you louisville cardinals there Uh, it's always hills down over here (laughs) yeah i I appreciate that all right right, this next part is the kona ice cold segment uh big shout out to kona ice brian atkins up here in uh, madison alabama uh taking care of us for the kona ice segment um this next part is probably the one i've been looking forward to the most so here's how it's going to work, fellas. I'm going to give you a player, a franchise player, and a franchise coach. Same team. You only get, a, you can't keep them both. Um, you get to pick one or the other. You, you can't diddle-daddle. It's either this one or this one. Uh, so I'm going to throw the first one. Aaron, you get the first one coming at you. You either get DK Metcalf or Pete Carroll. Who you I'm keep? Going, I'm going DK. I feel like Pete Carroll, the game has passed the man by. I mean, he won a, a lot of games with the Legion of Boom, what, a decade ago? But, uh, I mean, he didn't want to let Russ cook last year, and now Russ is in Denver, and they're going to let him cook up some omelets or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going All right, to what, you, what about you, Trevor? Oh, man, as a Seattle fan, like, watching Pete Carroll have 
one of the top defenses for like probably like six years at least, at least you know a top five defense and an MVP caliber quarterback and get one Super Bowl out of it and then to fall apart like how it's been the last couple of years. It's I, I love Pete Carroll. He's a great culture guy and he's awesome. But I think DK is, has been one of the few improvements that we've seen on that team for the past couple of years. And I think if I'm going to pick a, a dynasty guy, I'm going with DK all day long because I think Pete Carroll's probably, like Aaron said, I think it's it's past him now and it's moving in not so wonderful a direction. So I, I'm going to go DK. All right. That was, I, I tried to make the first one easy. I didn't want to scare anybody off, but this next one's for Trip. Arch Manning or Steve Sarkeesian? Who are we keep? Arch Manning all the way. He certainly is un, unproven uh, in college, hadn't uh, played it down. But one, he's got that Manning reputation. And and let's not kid ourselves with uh, Sarkeesian. He, uh, while he's a great offensive mind, uh, he he really struggles when he was when he wasn't with Nick Saban, and so I'm not sold on Sarkeesian. I think he's going to do some really good things at uh, at Texas, but I think most of them are going to become as a result of Arch Manning, and uh, I'm just not sold on Sarkeesian. I, I I respect that, Trevor. Back to you on that one. I'm also going to say Arch Manning. I'll take a flyer on him just being – I mean, that's a bloodline that you, you're going to get MVPs for forever, possibly. And Sarkeesian, like, even when he was – he's just a little bit, bit too inconsistent for me. I agree with Tripp. He's like an offensive guru. But even when he was with, like, UW, it's like he might come out and beat number three, you know, USC, or he might lose to Central Washington, the D2 school. I, it's a total wild card, I feel like, sometimes with him. And so I, I don't fully trust the reputation of Steve. And I might be really inclined to trust whatever Arch Manning could do. So I'll go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll play devil's advocate just because Sarkeesian was under Nick Saban. I, I genuinely feel like Texas is about to be in a legit, but they're about to be back to rare form. Um, I'm going to take Sarkeesian just so I can be opposite of you two. Um, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, back to you, Aaron. Jalen Ramsey or Sean McVay? Mm, I'm going Sean McVay. I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he's the best corner in the NFL. But Sean McVay and that McVay, I call it the McVay slash Shanahan offense because they both started it and kind of perfected it, and it's taken over the entire league at this point. Uh, so I'm going to go with the offensive system, and I'll, I'll figure it out at corner. I'll draft <laughs> somebody. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Tripp? Uh, Sean McVay. The, the thing is, Jalen Ramsey is a uh, great talent, but Sean McVay uh, has proven himself, and you're going to have him around for 20 years, 30 years potentially. So uh, I feel like with uh, any great player, you know, the shelf life is is very limited, very small, even if they don't get hurt. Whereas I think McVay is going to be uh, around, like I said, for 25, 30 more years, uh, winning championships. I respect that one. I'll, I'll side with both of you on that. I, I'm, I'm waiting for y'all, one of y'all two to make a different choice here, so I'm going to try to make it a little harder. Trevor, this one's yours, and I want to preface this with I am a Ravens fan, so be very careful with your words here. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson or John Harbaugh? Ooh. Both are incredibly good. I feel like I'm inclined to pick Harbaugh just because of how great he's been for the Ravens for so long, but that's not a knock on Jackson. Like I'm not, I'm not – I'll pick one and then I'll pick the next guy at number two. But I mean, Harbaugh's got like 10 winning seasons with the Ravens. Like he, he's got great playoff runs. He's got a ring. 
I don't think that it's Lamar Jackson that made John Harbaugh great. I think he was really good. And then Lamar Jackson happened to also elevate the Ravens too. But I think Harbaugh is also, you know, an elite coach, a really proven coach who's done really well for the Ravens. So I'll pick him. I'll go with him. All right. What about you, Aaron? Man, I'm gonna try. I'm trying my best to keep my Louisville bias out of this. Lamar Jackson, <laughs> yeah. oh. actually, funny story. Lamar oh. Jackson's debut came against Kentucky. We were stomping them. I mean, dog stomping Louisville for the first time in forever. Then this little freshman quarterback comes out at halftime, and he just tore us up. We couldn't. We couldn't mess with him. But uh, I, I, I know you're looking for controversy or something here, but I'm gonna go John Harbaugh because he took he he led. A Joe Flacco led team to the Super Bowl, so uh, I mean, <laughs> that is a valid, very valid point. I, so I, you know, I, obviously here in Alabama we don't have any. Uh, actually, not have professional, high level professional teams. So uh, the NFL was always hard for me. I never knew who to root for because the Falcons suck. They always suck, um, and it's just not fun to root for a team that that never wins. Um, but yeah, they and so I tried to root for Tennessee. Obviously, Derrick Henry, they're they're competitive. But last year, I drafted Lamar Jackson in my fantasy league, and so me and my wife we watched every Ravens game, and just I fell in love with the Ravens culture. And as much as I respect John Harbaugh because he built that culture, like both of you guys mentioned, like the standard. I mean, they they competed with a beat up roster. They competed without Lamar Jackson for most of the year. Um, so I, it, it is hard to go against him, but I just had a blast watching Lamar play. So once again, I'm going to be different and I'm taking my boy LJ and, and, and he's a great guy. I mean, that's, that's one thing I like about him too. He's a genuinely good guy. I enjoy hearing him. All right, Trip, last one, Monty Williams or Devin Booker. Ooh. Um, I'm going, uh, Monty Williams right here. You know, uh, one of the things I saw that, that resonated with him and, and it's all over Twitter. So it's probably everyone's seen it, but it's the, his comment that uh, I don't call you out. I call you up I'm talking about accountability when he's getting on to a star player, it's not uh, to disrespect them or, or to embarrass them. It's to uh, let them know I'm, I'm getting on you because I expect more out of you. And I think that's how you build a culture. I think to me, that's uh, similar to uh, Greg Popovich down in San Antonio, uh, which is uh, one of my teams. So uh, I'm going Monty Williams because I think if you can build that culture uh, over time, even when Devin Booker uh, has moved on, whatever, hopefully you've even created a culture that you're still winning without him. That's that's good. Trevor? I'm going to battle with it, but not because I don't love Monty Williams. I think he's probably one of the more respected coaches in all of the NBA. I think any player would tell you that they love him. Even Chris Paul, who's, who's played with him on multiple teams now, is like, I love his mind. He's a great dude, whatever. But Booker's just such a proven anchor for a team. I think he's gone like seven, six, seven years where he's had like 25 a game. He's going to give you a handful of boards, handful of assists. So I think he's one of those guys that like if you needed to start, uh, you know, a franchise, Booker's a great piece to have right at the center of it. And you can kind of build around him. And I think that, you know, Williams is an awesome coach, but he's got the front. He didn't (laughs) I don't know if I, I love his resume near as much because he's more of a dynamic coach. He's done like administrative stuff here. He's, you know, I, I feel like I look back at his career and I see new Orleans. They had like a couple of wins in the playoffs. Um, he obviously thrived uh, when Phoenix was there, but a lot of his playoff wins have come when Chris Paul is on his team and that guy's a coach in and of himself. 
Um, so no real knock on, on Williams. I just think that if I, if I need to pick one right now, it's kind of back to the DK, um, you know, Pete Carroll kind of conversation where I see Booker being good for such a long extended amount of time. And Monty Williams is great, but I, th- I think I'm going to ride with Booker being such a great talent. I'm all, I'm riding with Monty Williams and here's why I don't know. Do you guys uh, remember the draft? La- not this, not the one that just happened, but the one last year, uh, Kyra Lewis, uh, went to, played at Alabama, got drafted, played for the Pelicans. I don't, you guys remember him? Know him? Does that name ring a bell? I'm not real familiar with him. He um, so he actually uh, graduated a year early here in, from a high school here in Alabama. In, in Alabama, reclassified, went to the University of Alabama actually as a senior in high school. Um, started, had a great time. Uh, one of the schools when I moved to Huntsville. I moved the school I coached at was where he, where Kyra Kyra ugh, goodness gracious where Kyra played high school at and so because of COVID the players did not go to each NBA facility to try out the coaches flew to the player and so I got to watch I was at the gym and all of a sudden I look up and there is this six foot six man wearing nothing but just a gray crew neck sweatshirt gray sweatpants carrying a spalding basketball. And he looked like somebody's just walking on the street. And I just like, you know, how's, how's it going, sir? Stuck his hand out. Obviously, the hand, fingers came up at the high. said, Monty Williams. I'm like, who? Because, I mean, you, you know, we're there in COVID, so he's wearing a mask. You know, I didn't know who it was. And and you talk about – I got to watch him work out, uh, Kyra Lewis, and for an NBA draft. And then he just sat there and chatted with me about fishing. But I would have never in a million years knew who he was. He just stuck his hand out. Monty Williams, I I was, so I, I've, I've thought the world of him. I think he does an incredible job, a great man. Um, yeah, so that was that's my Monty Williams story. Anyway, next part, uh, love it or junk it. You either agree with it, you love the statement, or you think it's absolute trash and we're going to junk it. Uh, we're going to start with Trip on this one. The Panthers will complete compete for a divisional title this year with Baker Mayfield at the helm. You love it or you junk it? I, I junk it. <laughs> I, I am, uh, you know, not sold on um, Baker Mayfield. You know, the uh, he's from Texas, for, you know, played at uh, Lake Travis. Uh, and I think he certainly has the ability, some ability to uh, probably play above his, his talent level. But, no, I definitely junk this statement. <laughs> Aaron, how about you? I'd love to love it. I like Baker Mayfield. I like that he's getting a shot in Carolina. People forget before he got hurt last year, he took the Browns to their first playoff win in like two decades. So I, I love that he's there, but look who else is playing in that division. I, I, I just I can't love it with Carolina. They just don't have the roster, and I do not like the coach. I don't think Matt Rule's going to make it through the whole year. So uh, I guess I'll have to junk it out of technicalities, but I love Baker Mayfield getting a shot. Are we sure Baker's Seattle? Are we sure Baker's even going to be playing over Sam Darnold? Should we? Is that a lock? Is that a joke? Sam Darnold is trash. (laughs) Sam Darnold has had Sam Darnold has had a hitch in his throwing motion since USC, and it's never been coached out of him. And I don't think he'll ever get out of it. All right. I, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, Trevor, next one's to you. We should expect Texas to be in contention to host an SEC title trophy in the next five years. 
Love it or junk it. I love this. I love yes. This. And not like, and I don't, do I really, me, I don't know. Give if you I'm points. Gonna give you betting, points. Just, just rack up my, my numbers back. I don't know if I'm going to put a lot of money on this happening, but I love the idea of it. And I think that Arch Manning is probably the key to that. I mean, you bring him in, that in and of itself is going to be like, Texas already has a phenomenal brand. It's going to have no problem recruiting anyway, but now I think you're going to get a couple more transfers. You're going to get a couple more five-star recruits. So I wouldn't be shocked within the next couple of years with, with Manning kind of at the helm that you're going to find Texas elevate itself. I, an SEC title, I bet they're in contention for it. I'll go with that. I think last year was really disappointing for them and I think nothing but up. So I'll love it. I'll love it for now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Great trip over to you. Uh, junk it. Um, Texas is always, um, you know, Texas is back. We're back. We're back. If you want to be talking about who's going to make some noise, switch, switching conferences, you sh- we should be talking about USC with, uh, you know, going to the big 10. They're, they're ones I could see in the next five years making a run T- Texas. I am not sold on them. Uh, they're always going to be able to attract the, the talent, but, um, they haven't shown, you know, since, Mac Brown really that they can they can win it win the big one and uh, they they have no patience you know they got deep pockets so they'll fire a coach at the drop of a hat uh, so I, I I junk it I I, I, I agree I, with Trip hundred percent I know you didn't come to me but I I gotta <laughs> jump in I agree with Trip I junked this as an SEC guy Texas is back every year, just like Tripp said. What happened when Arkansas went across the border last year? And that's the third or fourth best team in the SEC West? Yeah, junk it. And when they start losing, you're going to see those guys transfer out of there, and then Texas will not be back in there. They'll fire their coach, and Arch Manning will be playing at Alabama or Georgia. So wasn't it T-Mac on the NCAA football podcast? He's like, I don't even think Arch Manning's going to go to Texas. He's still, on, I think, riding the – it's not even happening. Like he's gonna switch up last second. Does he? Did he say where he think Arch would go? Uh, I don't recall if he said where, but I'm sure it was. I'm sure he was thinking, you know, Bama, uh, sure. Georgia, something, you know, something like that. And then he also made the comment, uh, T Mac did that the that the Big Ten had the best brand of college football. So uh, that was an interesting one. That, wasn't wasn't my take, but uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if you look at, I mean, if you look at the playoffs and you look at who's winning national championships every year, I mean, you can argue with it, but you can't argue oh, with numbers. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's <SEC. laughs> All right, for two two things are true. Call, you know, some years college football is just not fun to watch. Some, you know, in the years past, there's always been. Uh, Bama and usually one or two other teams, and they just dominate. And I feel like the regular season is just not that fun to watch. Um, but even when I was a little kid growing up, I feel like anytime Texas was very good, it made college football a lot more enjoyable to watch. And the other team, and Trip, you made a great point. Anytime USC is good, I feel like college football is so much better. Um, I would, I really wish USC could have joined uh, the SEC instead of the Big Ten. Um, that would killer, killer games, killer rivalries. I know the road trip's going to be brutal for anybody that plays. Um, but I, I hope Texas makes some splash. And, but I, I do agree with you, Trip. I think USC is going to be the real deal very soon. Uh, jumping to you, Aaron, even though you jumped in on that last one, I'll, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you an extra one. Uh, will Levis will win the Heisman oh. Trophy over Bryce Young this year. Love it or junk it? I love it. You know I love it. I can't not be biased. 
Bryce Young gets all the hype because he plays at Alabama, but he's 170 pounds soaking wet. If this man gets hit, it's a good thing he's got 50 stars of offensive linemen in front of him. Otherwise, he'd be injured. Will Levis will run you over. He looks like Josh Allen. That's why he's getting Heisman hype. That's why he's getting draft buzz because everyone wants the next big thing. They, they were looking for Patrick Mahomes. That's why Baker Mayfield went high. They were looking for – and now they're going to be looking for Josh Allen. And Will Levis is a carbon copy of Josh Allen. That's how he plays. Trip, what do you think? Whew. Uh I'm going to love it, but with the uh, idea that in order for him to do it, they, they've got to at least get to the SEC title game and, and you know, a New Year's Six game bowl uh, minimum. He's definitely got the talent. He showed what he could do last year. The problem is, is there's going to be a little bit, I don't want to say bias against him, but there's certainly going to be those that are favoring Alabama just based off of uh, name recognition and pedigree. But if they come out and, and, and uh, make it to that SEC title game, uh, it'll be because of him or in large part because of him. And then I say, yes, I love it. Awesome. I want to give a quick shout out right here uh, to one of our, our, one of our writers here, Mr. Jamie Malloy uh, left us a comment. Texas will win it against Bama. Saban will lose to another one of his former assistants in the SEC championship game in five years. Love it. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, appreciate it. Number one, thanks for listening. But number two, I appreciate you having some sense, unlike some of these other guys in here. Uh, anyway, over to you, Trevor. Gonzaga will join another conference before they win a national championship. Love oh, it or junk it? I, mm, I junk it, but only because this is our year. This is it. This is the year they win it, so it won't even be an issue. No, I, I junk it only because uh, Gonzaga – Recently, I, I think in the past couple of years, brokered a deal with the WCC that every time they make the tournament and all the units that they get from the tournament, which is the money that they you know accrue for being in the tournament, um, they say, hey, you know, WCC, we are in the tournament every year. We deserve a bigger piece of those units rather than dispersing it out across the conference. And they're like, yes, that's great. Please stay in our conference. That's fine. So I think that they're going to be probably pretty happy with the big fish, little pond syndrome for a while. Um but I think once we move into that, you know, Big Ten, SEC, Super Conference world, I think at some point their calling card is coming. They're going to have to make a move eventually or else they're going to kind of get written off as the, the lone team. out. I think they'll still make the tournament even if they were in the WCC compared to, the, you know, the two power conferences. But I, I really don't even know what's going to, you know, the life of the WCC looks like if you have two power conferences. I don't know what's going to happen to some of those mid-major, you know, worlds there. So, I think that they'll win a championship before all of this goes down, but that requires them to probably win it within the next five, six, seven years. And I think that if there is a time for them to win it, it's going to have to be within the next five, six, seven years. And I keep saying that, but I'm in this year. Money's in. Right. It's going to happen right. this year. This is, it was supposed to be last year, but now it's going to be this year. And it was the year before too, but now it's going to be this year. So we decided. Uh, the, only, the only thing I can agree with you out of all that stuff you just said is that they're due. The rest of the stuff, yeah, we'll see. But they are due. That is for sure. I will give you that. I heard Adam Morrison's coming back um, as a director <laughs> of player ops, um, and they're going to do team mustaches now that Timmy's there. Um, so they're due. That's for sure. <laughs> Trip, last one over to you. There will be another non-Power 5 team making the college football playoff this season. Love it or junk it? Hmm. I am going to love it. 
because it's going to be Notre Dame. Um, so that's the only that's the only team I see uh, that can do it. Uh, and, and I know, look, the knock on them is they get there and they get beat up, but everybody gets beat up for the most part against, you know, who they lost to, Alabama, Clemson. Like, they're getting beat by some really good teams. And with the recruiting they have, with uh, Freeman there, uh, and, and they only lost, like, two games last year, I think they'll be even better this year. So uh, I think, yes, it, uh, another non-Power 5, um, but it is Notre Dame that's basically one of the one of the big boys. I was I was kind of hoping nobody would think about them. That way I could feel smart in front of y'all. But uh, appreciate you, Trip, for ruining my glory. Aaron, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna junk it. Um, and the and the only reason why is Week One Ohio State plays against Notre Dame. So if Notre if Notre Dame takes that loss Week One, that's gonna hurt their strength of schedule going into the playoffs. But I do really like Notre Dame, even though they lost their coach. Um, I don't think it was. A, a huge loss for Notre Dame. I think they're going to be really good, but that that week one game is going to – it'll hurt their chances to get into the playoffs. Does does anybody have a team other than Notre Dame, kind of like a, a UTSA, a Coastal Carolina? Um, obviously, uh, Cincy, are they in the Big 12 this upcoming year or are they still two years away? They are this year. This year, okay, so they 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 don't count anymore. Um, do y'all, is there a team that you guys can think of that um, well, that, that may be on the cusp right there? UTSA, I think, would be the closest. Um, the problem is, is uh, even if they go uh, undefeated, you know their their strength of schedule is going to hurt. Uh, and so, if you put an undefeated UTSA up against a you know a one loss Power Five, it's, it'll be it would be tough to justify. But uh, UTSA had a breakout year last year. You know, their quarterback, uh, Harris, is back this year. Um, so I think they would be the closest, but I don't think they they get into the college football playoffs. Yeah, I think I think right now where there's so much uncertainty with kind of like the NCAA and, uh, you know, them not wanting to lose respect from Big Five, I think there's zero chance um, a non-Power Five gets in just because I don't – I feel like the NCAA wants to protect their big markets um, like that. Um Anyway, uh, moving on. Last segment of the show. This is Trevor's favorite segment. This is the Adelos Pizza. Love to see it. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to him to give his sponsorship ad. Some people why they need to go to Adelos. Hey, Adelos Pizza, best pizza in the Pacific Northwest. Hottest pizza, freshest ingredients, coldest beer. Uh, literally the best place in the world if you want to come up for whatever maybe you want to jump in just to check out a game. They got a full bar for you. You want to bring your whole family in, bring your team in. They got you completely covered. Uh, fantastic menu of food. They also got entertainment. You want Trivia Tuesday, Live Thursday music. It's best place in the world. I've only eaten there twice this week. So we've, you know, a couple more days left and we'll, we'll be just fine. But I uh, love Adelos. Make sure you check them out, adelos.com, or you can follow them at Adelos Pizza. Aaron's looking at his watch like, wait, twice already? Yes. That, yeah. that it's bloody Monday. Mary. It's, it's Monday. Yeah. That bloody <laughs> Mary Monday. I got him again this morning. I'm fine. It's fine, guys. I'm going to be fine. If I kill over and die because I've eaten strictly pizza for the past four months of my life, that's why. <laughs> I, so so for those, those that don't know and those that hadn't been able to tell, obviously Trevor works at Adelos. He attends Adelos. He watches games at Adelos. 
Uh, for all we know, he's the owner of Adelos. Right? I still practicing being like, I work there, which is why I bring so much food home. Yeah. I don't just actually just go there every day of my life, but I kind of do sometimes. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think Zach's frozen. I, I think Zach got a little, little frozen out on this there. But <laughs> well, I was saying that on, on that picture, man, that Bloody Mary looks legit. Um, uh, Listen, the, the drinks that we throw together, we call ourselves a DIY bar because none of us are like professional bartenders, but we're all really good drinkers. So it's like, oh, you want a rum and coke? Rum, coke, like splash of coke, splash of coke. Nice. That's the way I like it. So I will say one of the things, so I actually had to talk to Zach beforehand because I was like, Zach, I'm going to, I'm not like Aaron. Like I can't do all of this off the cuff. So I have, oh, perfect. He's back. I was going to say, I can jump in and start sending you some of the, things to look out for but we'll we'll keep it with Zach here so we're good yeah uh i'm not sure about that i i had a little trip i was, you I was waiting you went yeah there. yeah somehow yeah some rando dellas real quick um completely forgot the bartending question or joke i was about to throw at you because once <laughs> I, had, I have two screens going one went black one was rolling so i was just confused anyway adelo's pizza love to see it i want to know this is um things that are not going on right now but but we wish they were. Uh, Trevor, we're going to start with you. Um, if a rivalry was to get started in college basketball, give us something that two teams that everybody would love to see. I think that, that is not already a rivalry. Let me it's read not it. Not, it's not a rivalry. <laughs> I feel like Aaron's going to love to jump in on this one. But I think one that's probably going to develop over the next couple of years, um, because I, I think what's going to happen is that Pac-12 – and the Big 12, I know that they're kind of like against talks of each other, but I have a feeling that somehow Houston is going to end up working with Arizona some way, somehow. Or if not that, I think that Gonzaga-Arizona is going to become a huge rivalry just because Tommy Lloyd is a former coach at Gonzaga. Um, you have two elite programs, top of their conferences. Uh, and so I think that that's just slowly going to develop into like a, you know, a former mentor-mentee kind of relationship between the Zags, uh, you know, and Arizona there. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I really think the biggest one, and this is already a rivalry, but it's going to be fun to watch is John Shayer at Duke right now. So many young guys coming into the Duke program headed by only two real veterans on the staff, really that uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch how he takes a really young team against, obviously it's going to be the, the you know preseason number one ranked team in the country. Can share kind of prove himself and say like, look, I'm still legit. Duke's still going to be a legitimate brand here. I think that's going to be fun to watch for sure. But if, if I had to pick one that isn't already a rivalry, probably Gonzaga, Arizona. But I also think Houston's going to have to jump in and start battling with somebody here soon. So, uh, just for the record, I hope Shire has an epic fail and loses every game. Aaron, what's your what's your rivalry you want to see? Well, I know Trevor had talked about North Carolina joining Big Ten earlier, well, I had heard rumors that they were looking to come to the SEC. If they do, Kentucky needs a big SEC basketball rivalry, and North Carolina would fill that slot perfectly. We've started to build one with Tennessee, which, shout out, Calipari's out on the road recruiting his butt off right now, by the way. He's about to bring – he's bringing everybody in. So, the Big Blue Nation done made him mad, and he hit that recruiting trail hard this offseason. <laughs> that would – that – I hadn't thought about that. That would be – I hate Calipari and I hate Kentucky basketball, but that would be an incredible rivalry. I I agree. That would be a fun game to watch. Trip, what you got? I would say, first of all, Trevor, we, we don't we don't use the, the D word when we talk about college basketball. 
Yeah, I'm that's right. Right. North right. Carolina. So I would say North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina Baylor, based off of you know what happened in the tournament, and uh, I could definitely see uh, you know both of those teams are are, are really good, and I, I think that's one that uh, certainly the fan bases of both those teams want to see them go at it again because of how good a game it was, and I think uh, that would be that that could be one that would be really fun to watch. I, I I hate that Syracuse jumped to the ACC. Um, I just feel like those are those are such hard games to form rivalries with when you're down there. But I miss the Big East days. Uh, Aaron, this one we're going to start here with you on this one. Same type question. We're going to switch gears to football. Obviously, different landscape, but a rivalry in college football that everybody wants to see. What you, what you want with with the the expansion of the Big Ten, USC versus Ohio State. Those are going to be two powerhouse teams year in year out i don't know if they'll put them in the same division together or if they'll just switch these two out and it'll be like uh for the big 10 championship or how they would run it but i feel like that's going to be a rivalry that's gonna that's gonna really build up in the big 10 and i mean it's it's gonna be insane to watch i'm a sec guy but i love ohio i love ohio state the way they recruit the way they play it's, they're like a sec team a little further north. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Trip, up to you. Uh, similar, I, I would say USC, and, and it's already kind of one, but uh, now with the, the move, USC and Michigan. Um, you got two programs that, that are, are very polarizing. You love them and you hate them, and you throw uh, Harbaugh in there. I mean, if you're not a Michigan fan, you, you're definitely rooting against him. Uh, and so I think USC, Michigan. Good choice. Two egotistical coaches there. Good point, Trevor. I was up. actually, I was actually in with there. I, I think that USC and Ohio State are going to build quite a rivalry, but I think USC jumping in against really any top tier, you know, Big Ten team is going to be super fun to watch. I'm stoked that they actually move conferences specifically for football. Um, I, I'm a huge Nebraska fan, so that actually soul crushed me. I was like, great, I can't wait to lose to these guys too. <laughs> That's really cool, but. Um, I think that bringing them in is just going to make the Big Ten infinitely better. Um, I think Ohio State, I, I even listened to this, um, you know, with Tripp and T-Mac, I think that it's going to be their division to lose. But I think eventually when USC is over there, all of a sudden they have a real, uh, you know, another tough team that they're going to have to really game plan for as opposed to a couple of nights they can probably take off with those lower tier teams in the Big Ten. So I'm excited for USC against any Big Ten team. It's going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see how USC adapts to the cold because they do play – I mean Washington and stuff, and I and I know it's cold up there, but I don't know the Midwest is a different type of cold, man. If you've never been there, it's your bones hurt. <laughs> so so Trevor, you are a resident Washington State uh, resident there. What's the coldest temp? It you know a typical night, you know average temp cold wise. You can get down there. I mean, we've gotten into single digits before, but it's probably hovering around 10, 11, 12 degrees, somewhere in there at like it's coldest in the middle of winter. So it's really not too bad. And I'm on the east side of Washington, which is more desert. So we catch a little bit drier cold. But when you're over in like the west side, so in Seattle where, you know, University of Washington plays, it doesn't get too cold because you catch that water breeze that comes in. So it's it's not that bad. It, the Midwest is infinitely colder. There's no chance that I would – pick that over Washington. <laughs> no, no way. So. Uh, Aaron, this next one, we're going to start with you. Uh, you kind of hit on a little bit earlier, but I want to know what should we expect to see from the NFC North division now that the Cheeseheads have lost the best wide receiver in the game? Uh, give me kind of your just 
broad overview of, of what you expect to happen. I think they're going to take a step back. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. He's a great quarterback, but it takes him time to build a chemistry with wide receivers, even with um, uh, Randall Cobb, you know, uh, Jordy Nelson, the guys that came before Devontae Adams became mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. It's not like the chemistry was there immediately. They got Christian Watson coming in, who I really liked in the draft process. But how patient is Aaron Rodgers going to be with him learning and coming up to uh, the step up in competition from North Dakota State to the NFL and uh, learning the route tree and all that type of stuff? Um, So I, I think they take a step back. They probably still win the division. I think it'll be closer than people think. As I said earlier, I think Minnesota will give them a run for their money because um, they've got a pretty good defense, and Kirk Cousins can keep you mediocre if that's what you're <laughs> looking for. Um, but uh, but I, I, they'll win the division, but they take a step back, I think. And it, it'll take them a few weeks to get really in their groove. So, like, week six, week seven Packers – That'll be dangerous, but, like, maybe week one, week two Packers you might be able to sneak up on them, which the Bears play them in week two. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> I see I see a little smile there. You, you seem to be excited about that one. Hey. All right. So, Trevor, I'm going to throw it at you, but you give me right now, I want you to see the four teams in the NFC North. How how do you got them finishing at the end of the year? Oh, four teams. Uh I'm going to say I'm, I think that Rodgers drops. I think the Vikings swoop in and snag it. I think it goes Vikings, Packers, <laughs> Bears, and then the Lions. Okay, I, I, I can't put the, the Lions for the Bears. I think the Bears, though, are going to are on quite an upward trajectory versus, you know, the Packers, which I think are slowly kind of dipping downward. So I think you're going to see a big shift in the next couple of years. But I, I, I agree with Aaron. I think you're going to see quite a drop off. That's a, a huge hit to their offense. Um, not to say that their running game is is poor by any means, but as far as Rodgers goes, I don't think he's going to be near as productive as he used to be. So I, I think that this is probably the time that the Vikings can come in and swoop the division. Trip, man, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is a a very prideful and proud quarterback, and he does not like being compared to Derek Carr at all. And so he's hearing that from his, you know, former stud receiver. So I think he's coming out with something to prove that that he was the reason, not Devonta Adams, that that um, Rodgers was the reason for their success. And I think he's going to tear it up. And I think uh, they're going to win that division going away. Uh, I'm not a Rodgers fan, but at the end of the day, Rodgers is really good. Uh, yeah. So I kind of, as much as I hope they fall, I kind of, I'm with Trip. I feel like, uh, I feel like they're that. Rodgers is going to be very, very effective there. Um, I mean, speaking nice. of Packers, though, Trevor, you were talking earlier about your Seahawks having those dominant defenses and getting one Super Bowl. Imagine having 30-plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback play and having two Super Bowls to show for it. I love it. I love Go it. Bears. Just crashes and burns. <laughs> I, I'm not a Rodgers fan. I'm not uh, high up on him. So I thoroughly enjoy watching him fall apart when it matters most. It's great. So, so to wrap up, what I want to do here, uh, guys, I want to go around to each of you. I want you to tell me a little bit about um, – try to tell the people listening, if, if, they're not, if they've not heard your individual podcast, um, just give me a quick overview of why they need to get off of this podcast and go straight and listen to yours. Um, but, Aaron, before you tell me about – I want to let you go first and talk about what your podcast is going to be about. Give me your way too early Super Bowl winner and then tell me why we need to listen to your podcast. 
Oh, way too early Super Bowl winner. Yeah, um, I tried to sneak that in there real casually. Yeah, man, you don't even give me a chance to. I, I, if you're betting against Brady, you're not me. I'm a bet with Brady. I think he wins another ring and hopefully rides off into the sunset because, honestly, he's got to let somebody else get a ring. I mean, <laughs> so that's that's my way too early Super Bowl prediction. The Buccaneers uh, beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game probably because that's what the Packers do. They lose in championship games, and then uh, Brady just gets him another ring. Um, but uh, – as I, I believe I mentioned it on air, my podcast will be starting soon. You know, training camps are opening up. I'm trying to get some stories together so we can have a nice, like, two-hour show or so. Uh, but uh, it'll be covering the NFL. And if you'd like to get a little preview of the guys that I'll be working with, it's uh, Chris Fusen and Corey Florence. They do the Gentleman's Podcast, and that is on – all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, etc. cetera. Uh, so you can check that stuff out and see if, if you guys like. Uh, I did a couple of episodes with them, so we've got a pretty good chemistry built up already. Um, and and definitely, you know, come check us out. I feel like uh, I have pretty good takes. I feel like I, I can at least bullcrap my way through it if I don't know what I'm talking about. You can also catch me on the uh, Barroom Radio Network. Every Sunday I do the Barfly Tailgate Show. We'll be starting that, you know, closer to the regular season. So if you're a Bears fan, hop over there and check that stuff out. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of, of building mental dimes together. Love it. Love it. Uh, Trip, I'm going to throw it to you. Same thing. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to you and T-Mac. have already got the uh, college football podcast going. I believe this is the right uh, Twitter handle, at Mental Dimes CFB. Right. Um, yeah, if you're if you're if you're on Twitter and you don't you don't follow these guys, um, I probably get more up to date information from uh, these side accounts than I do from ESPN. So uh, they do a great job running it. And podcast incredible, um, just keeps getting better. But Trip, before you tell me about your podcast, who is our way too early national champion for the college football? Well, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, gonna win it, and and gosh, I don't want them to. Um, but Saban's not gonna uh, not win it after things that went on in off season, after losing to his assistant last year, and then not being other than his spat with Fisher, not not being the focal point of the off season because it was about uh, the, the realignment. So uh, they're gonna win it, um, and it probably won't be close. As far as our podcast, man, it's a lot of fun. We've uh, been breaking down the power five conferences uh, in preparation for the season this week we're going to be doing conference uh, usa we've got a a really great guest coming uh, she is a reporter here in texas uh, anyone from texas knows dave campbell uh, she works on that magazine does a lot of sideline reporting um, and then of course um, originally i'm from san antonio so we're going to talk a lot of utsa uh, and then as we get closer to the season, we're going to be uh, breaking down those week one games. You know, we've got uh, a lot of really compelling games that first week. And then uh, once we get into the season, we'll be uh, breaking down the race to the playoffs, who's in, who's out, uh, conference things, uh, Heisman Trophy projections. So it's uh, really a lot of fun. College football uh, is uh, my passion. So if it's your passion as well, uh, come give us a listen, uh, watch us. Uh, 
and, and interact with us. That's what really makes them fun. And I uh, uh, can't wait to listen to Aaron's. I've uh, listened to Trevor and Shay's. Theirs is fantastic. They have uh, great guests uh, every week. So definitely give uh, his uh, a listen. And once Aaron gets his started, give that one a listen as well. Awesome. Wrapping you up, Trevor, obviously, you know the question, you know the deal. So um, I do want to give a, a great shout out, uh, great interviews. You guys have done, y'all, you and Shay have done a great job. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he made up a story about having to actually work at the lookout tonight, why he didn't want to be on or uh, if he was actually interviewing somebody else instead of talking with us. So um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, great podcast as well. But give me your way entirely way too early college basketball national champion um and if it's not gonzaga i'll probably be shocked and then and then close us out here i i'm fortunate that it's you know i'm the zag fan trips the unc fan aaron's the kentucky fan like sorry about syracuse but i think if if you're gonna pick one it's probably gonna be one of those top three right now in the pre-rankings right but i would love to say gonzaga but i i think that North Carolina looks incredibly good right now. And I think having that, you know, that ruthless backcourt returning is hard to say no to. So I think we are looking at a one, two, three between the Zags, North Carolina, Kentucky, but I, I won't say Gonzaga, but really I'm saying Gonzaga. So we'll do that. That's, that's my cheap way of saying I want us to win. But I, I think if I had to pick a number one, it's going to be North Carolina. But as far as our podcast goes, make sure you come check us out. Me and uh, Shay Irish are, you know, on there every week interviewing a lot of guys. We're kind of in the dual drums of the offseason. It's going to be a while before, you know, November hits and the college basketball hoops start to kick back up. But we've been really lucky. We've had a lot of, uh, you know, player interviews. We have Moani Wilkinson from LSU, Dr. Bradley, New Mexico State, um, you know, Tyree Boykin jumping to Appalachian State. So we have a lot of guys that are, are fortunate enough to have a little bit of extra time here in the offseason. We get a chance to interview them. So, we like bringing them on, and uh, this next week we'll be breaking down uh, full bracketology of our way too early predictions. Yes, North Carolina has a one seed. Yes, Kentucky has a one seed. Yes, Gonzaga has a one seed. So don't worry. And Syracuse has the other one. The other one seed, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna be great. The NIT, baby. That's there what I go. said. The one seed in the NIT. <laughs> where's, that? Oh, where's that? Where's that mute button at? <laughs> But yeah, make sure to come check us out. And you can also follow us on on Twitter. We are uh, at Mental Dimes NCAA. Um, all these podcasts are really awesome. It's just a cool opportunity to, you know, check into your sport, especially in the middle of all these off seasons. Once seasons kick off for us, I mean, Aaron's going to be taking over for NFL. We got Tripp who's going to jump into college football. And that's when I think things will really start taking off for us and, you know, having a chance to really talk a lot more in depth about what's going on in our sports world. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Well, guys, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate everybody that listened in on the live broadcast. If you listened on the replay, uh, make sure you still go to at Mental Dimes for all things, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, social media, TikTok, you name it. Um, I'm sure we've got it up there somewhere. Uh, but, guys, appreciate you coming on. Until next time. Thanks for having us, man.